Delicious meets nutritious in the snack that packs a real protein punch, wonderful pistachios. Each one-ounce serving of wonderful pistachios has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value and making wonderful pistachios one of the highest protein nuts. But perhaps more than that, I love all of the flavors they have. Their sea salt and vinegar ones are my favorite when I'm craving that flavor but want to keep it healthy. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. Wonderful pistachios come in a variety of flavors, like chili roasted, honey roasted, smoky barbecue, and jalapeno lime, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. So fill up with a healthy snack when hunger strikes. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. That's wonderfulpistachios.com. It's another Q&A edition of Optimal Health Daily, episode 1820, and I'm Dr. Neil Malik. Hey there, happy Friday, and welcome to another Q&A edition of Optimal Health Daily, where I answer your health questions related to fitness, diet and nutrition, and lots more. You send in the questions, and I answer them for you. And I'll talk all about how to send me your questions at the end of the episode. But I have to talk about my credentials. It's the first Q&A episode of this month. And so once a month, I like to mention a bit about my background and credentials so you can better understand where my perspectives come from. So here we go. Now, I've always been obsessed with Batman, but I wasn't always interested in the stuff I talk about on this show, nutrition, exercise, health, and wellness. But being diagnosed with a chronic disease at the age of 19 definitely changed my life's purpose. It was then that I decided to focus my attention on helping others. I didn't want anyone else to experience a chronic disease diagnosis like I did. But in order to do that, I wanted to have some credibility. So really, again, not to humble brag, but instead gain your trust. I received both my master's and doctoral degrees in public health. And to make sure I covered all of my bases, I also became a registered dietitian nutritionist, a certified health education specialist, and a certified exercise physiologist or personal trainer through the American College of Sports Medicine. I've actually been teaching in higher education for over 14 years, and I'm currently faculty within the California State University system. I publish peer-reviewed studies, I present at national conferences, and in fact, I'm presenting one next week, and have been interviewed by over 70 different media outlets for my expertise on all the stuff I talk about on this podcast. So all of that humble bragging to say that when I provide my commentary after each episode and I answer your questions, I hope you feel as though it's coming from a place of truth. My only intention is to help you feel your best. And with that, let's hear today's question as we optimize your life. Today's question came via email. Martha writes, Hi, Dr. Neil. I'm running my first 5K and wondered if you could give me some tips on the best stretches before and after the run. I'm 53 and I get stiffness in my right knee, especially in the morning, and my psoas muscles get sore after a run. And what do you recommend for meals, snacks, and amount of water to prevent bloat and upset digestion for before and after the run? Thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to send me your question, Martha. Now, when it comes to the knee stiffness and soreness in your psoas muscles, both actually may be related. It seems as though the psoas muscles may make your hips feel sore, which in turn may affect how you run, also known as your gait. If your gait while running is off, 
you may experience knee pain as a result. This is because you may end up favoring one side of your body, the right side in this case, to compensate. I'll explain. The psoas muscles are sometimes referred to as the hip flexors. These muscles are actually pretty big. We have a psoas muscle on either side of our spine. It runs from the lower part of the spine through the pelvis and connects to the thigh bone. A fancy term for thigh bone is femur. So these psoas muscles help us to have flexible hips and allow us to lift our legs and bring them towards the body, like we do when we march in place or walk or run. But if either one of our psoas muscles are sore or tight, it can actually pull on the lower part of the spine. It can then lead to a slight tilt in the pelvis when standing, sitting, walking, or running. So one way to stretch the psoas muscles is to lay flat on your back on a fairly firm but elevated surface. So if you have a weight bench or if the mattress on your bed is firm, that'll work. Then, while lying flat on your back on that firm surface, gently bring one of your knees to your chest. The other leg should dangle gently off the bed or the bench. While that leg is dangling off the bed or bench, try and force that leg to move slightly away from your body. Hold the stretch for 20 to 30 seconds and repeat with the other leg. Another great stretch is a common yoga pose, the cobra pose. This can be performed on the ground. You start out by laying flat on your stomach, your thighs, knees, shins, and toes making contact with the ground. Place both your hands on the ground directly below your shoulders and press your body up off the ground. Your thighs, knees, shins, and toes should stay in contact with the ground but your chin, chest, and rib cage should rise up. Look straight ahead while holding this position for 20 to 30 seconds. Repeat both of these stretches two to four times. Okay, regarding the nutrition recommendations, so for meals, snacks, and water before and after the run, I'm gonna use the guidelines from the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics and the International Olympic Committee. Fancy, right? Luckily, they both agree on these guidelines, and I love it, When organizations agree like this, it makes everyone's lives so much easier. So technically, a 5K is considered a short-duration activity. Most organizations define a short-duration activity as lasting less than an hour. And in the case of a 5K, most that have trained to run one are likely to finish the event in under an hour. Oh, and for those of us in the US that aren't familiar with kilometers, five kilometers, or a 5K, is equal to 3.1 miles. So for those that run or jog a 5K, finishing times average anywhere between 30 and 45 minutes. Since these averages are under an hour, then this would be considered a short duration activity. Just note that for events or workouts that last longer than an hour or for those competing in multiple events in one day, the nutrition guidelines do change. And so what I'm about to mention wouldn't apply to those situations. So here are the overarching nutrition goals for shorter duration activities like a 5K. Eat an appropriate number of calories to keep your energy levels up. Make sure your muscles and liver have enough stored sugar, known as glycogen, to support your activity. And stay hydrated. To accomplish these goals, here are the specifics. Eat a pre-event meal at least 90 minutes before your run. So this will help to reduce the chances that your stomach will feel upset during the run. Now, as you get closer to the event, meaning within 90 minutes, it's best at that time to just consume fluids. Water would be the preferred fluid. When it comes to the actual consumption of the meal or snack before the event, some carb 
and some protein is ideal. Now, when it comes to the source of carbohydrate, think low fiber. Now's not the time to try and consume two slices of high fiber bread and a bowl of oatmeal. Low fiber actually has two advantages. The first is that it will be absorbed quickly, which will supply your muscles and liver with sugar to store for your run. The second is that low fiber, because it's absorbed quickly, will reduce the chances of gastrointestinal upset or cramping during the event. Now, as far as protein goes, think lean protein, protein sources that are lower in fat. This is because fat also takes longer to digest. If that fat is still being digested while you're on your 5K run, it can lead to stomach upset. So like eating three tablespoons of peanut butter as part of a pre-event meal would not be ideal. First, peanut butter is rich in fat. Yes, the fat is heart healthy, but it's still fat and will take a while to digest. And it's actually a decent source of dietary fiber. So with peanut butter or really any nut butter, it's a double whammy when it comes to consuming it as part of a pre-event meal. Instead, egg whites are easily digested and naturally low in fat. So that would be a better option. Now, having said all this, there are some things to keep in mind. These are general guidelines. You may find that your body doesn't perform at its best when you consume these types of foods at least 90 minutes before an event. So it would be a good idea to experiment and see how you feel well before the event. In my case, I tried these guidelines and have found that I feel nauseated when I eat this much food, even if it's two hours before my workout. Instead, I found that one cup of black coffee, water, and a medium banana suit me best. Now, how much water should you drink? That's sort of up in the air. I would say drink enough water, but only to the point where you feel no discomfort. You don't want to drink so much that you're going to have to take a bathroom break during the event. So definitely hydrate, but play around well before the event with various amounts of water. See which suits you best. Now, how should we eat for optimal recovery after the run? Within two hours of finishing the event, it's recommended that 50 to 100 grams of carbohydrate and 20 to 30 grams of protein is consumed. Remember, Carbs help the body absorb protein, so consuming both is ideal. Now here, fiber and fat content isn't as important. You're done with the run, so if you're craving peanut butter after the event, go for it. Now there are some studies that have found protein sources that are rich in leucine may help with muscle recovery. Luckily, most animal-based protein sources are naturally high in leucine. Now if you're looking for a plant-based source, beans, lentils, nuts, seeds, and soybeans, are also good sources of leucine. And as far as hydration, here again, water is still preferred. Sports drinks like Gatorade and Powerade are not usually recommended for short duration events like these. Hydrate after, hydrate until the thirst has gone away, and then drink again when you're thirsty again. That's basically the recommendation for short duration events like these. All right, I hope you find this information helpful, Martha, and best of luck on your 5K. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. 
One of the things I love about Indeed is that it filters out incompatible applicants. So when you're hiring, the process is much faster and you only have to consider applicants that are already likely to be a great fit. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash health. Just go to indeed.com slash health right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash health. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Now, if you want to send me a question to be answered right here on the show, you can email one to health at oldpodcast.com. Or if you want to hear your own voice on the podcast, come by oldpodcast.com slash ask. Right on that page, you can record straight from your computer's microphone. It's super easy. You can even play back your message and do retakes before sending it in. Or you can do it the old-fashioned way and call in your question. The number is 61 I love ohd That's country code 1-614-568-3643. Thank you so much for sending me your questions. Answering your questions is one of my favorite parts of this show. All right, that's another Q&A edition of Optimal Health Daily. Thank you so much for listening every day and all the way through. I hope you have a great start to your weekend and I'll see you back here tomorrow where your optimal life awaits.